When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Playing With Squirrels, a Boy Meets World fancast. I'm joined this week by Mike Blondin, who I met through Reddit on the Boy Meets World Reddit page. Uh, Mike, thank you so much for joining us. Hey, no problem. Uh, and we are going to talk about episode 16 of season one that aired on this day, February 11th, 1994. Uh, and that episode is called Risky Business. Uh, it is an episode in which Corey and Sean bet on the horses. Um, the only real big, like, there's not a huge B-plot to this episode. Uh, it all kind of ties together. I mean, there's Eric with his trying to get the date of the... Well, whatever, the, the hottest girl in school or whatever he said. But yeah, it's pretty much just the main plot and that's it. Yeah. So in this particular episode, Corey and Sean are doing an assignment in the beginning for Mr. Feeney. Uh, and it's supposed to be that they are running like a, a fictional business, which I, I feel like I've always seen this in TV shows. And I never once had this assignment in all of my years of school. I was thinking the same thing, actually. It's, it's such a stereotypical I'll say 90s TV and movie uh, school project, but something I've never heard of anyone actually having to do. <laughs> so so Corey and Sean have done nothing with their project at this point. And that's when Sean gets the idea that they can combine their allowances and bet on the horses. And that does not go well. For, well, actually, it goes very well for them. Well, that's it. Yeah. It, it goes very well for them because they make... I believe it was what ninety six dollars or something like that. It was, the it was first, almost yeah, yeah. And they made they made bank. So the only like pseudo B plot that's happening in this episode is that it's Valentine's Day, and right. Corey's parents are gonna go meet at the place where they first got engaged in like their secret love note. Um, this is where we also find out that Corey's dad's nickname for his mom is Boom Boom, and uh, yeah, and the Amy's nickname for Alan is Pooh Bear. <laughs> so in this situation she decides Corey's old enough to babysit morgan which every time she comes up in an episode i have to point it out but she is so good at oh, this she's great. For, for like such a young child actress and i don't think that the actress has done a ton like she's still an active actress but i think overall like she is not doing nearly as much as someone of her talent should be um, I've actually reached out to her uh, management to see if there's any way I could get her on an episode during this season or the second season because she disappears after the second season and becomes a completely different actress. And that actress is not nearly as good as this original actress. So I just pulled up her IMDb page right now. I didn't even know she was still acting other than the uh, the one episode of Girl Meets World that she did. Yeah. 
So she's still out there, but yeah, I think it's very unfortunate that her career isn't nearly as popular as it should be because she's very at a young age. She showed that she was very talented. Um, Corey and Sean having that victory with the horse races become overly addicted to gambling and start to gamble all the time. And this is where things get a little bit dangerous because (laughs) they get so focused on gambling that they forget that they're supposed to be, you know, watching Morgan. (laughs) So (laughs) this uh, causes Morgan to be quite upset. As she as she can be, and uh, there's like a great delivery where she just walks up and she's like, "Look, I know that you're new to this. Entertain me," um, <laughs> which is probably the biggest laugh that I got out of the episode. Uh, yeah, I, I agree. I mean, that and the the, the Corey and Sean secret handshake always makes me laugh. That I don't know if this was the first time they did it. They but definitely, it definitely have done it before, but have they? I, okay. I feel like this particular one is the one that they use in flashbacks for some reason. Yeah. Well, um, that and I think their first day of high school, you see that one a bit, but that's jumping ahead a season. But yeah, they so so they they upset Morgan <laughs> by by oh. not by not watching her, uh, and they decide to celebrate all of the money that they've won, which is now like close to four hundred dollars. Um, if I recall right, it was like three hundred and sixty. I think it's even. I think it was more. It's so like six or seven hundred. I mean, the number doesn't matter, but they they definitely turned yeah. their what their ten bucks into. A fortune. They're doing great. Yeah. So Sean decides it's time for us to get some pizza. And he goes out to get some pizza. And then he calls Corey. Well, first two other people call Corey. And that's when we find out that the mom and dad, Alan, cannot find. uh, I keep blanking on her name. Amy. Amy. Alan cannot find Amy. uh, And we'll figure out why that is later. But then Corey gets a phone call from Sean saying that Lenny Dykstra is at the pizza parlor. And this hit me as a Philadelphia guy because I distinctly remember the name Lenny Dykstra. That I was never a big sports guy, but as a kid I would watch the Phillies with my dad and I I think that that's one of the things I love the most about this particular time is that this is the exact time that I was watching the Phillies. So all of these random Philly name drops are people that I distinctly remember. So Lenny Dykstra, I'm just like, yeah, Lenny Dykstra. <laughs> um, and Corey... No, no, I was just going to say, it's a, it's a name I recognize as well. So I was watching, I think we're about the same age, I was watching baseball around the same time, being a, being an Expos fan. But uh, yeah, it's a name that oh, I hadn't heard in, I don't know, 15 years. But that's yeah, pretty cool to see that. It was, it was during a time period where the Phillies were like John Cruck and, and Lenny right. Dykstra and all that. Um, so... Corey leaves Morgan home alone so he can go get his autographed um, Lenny Dykstra cards. And Morgan starts dancing to rock music with her dolly, which (laughs) is possibly the most adorable thing that's ever happened in this show. (laughs) And while doing that, she accidentally knocks over a lamp and breaks the window and then gets scared and runs away. Corey comes home with his 12 signed baseball cards and sees the damage and panics, thinking that someone has broken in and kidnapped his little sister. Uh, Feeney quickly lets him know that she's in the treehouse. And there's a really interesting dynamic that happens here where there's two things I like. First is Corey's running through the house 
and he's going, this is bad, this is bad, this is bad. And then when it cuts to Morgan, she's in the treehouse whispering the exact same thing to herself. Uh, and I, I don't know why, but I really liked that they had that element there, that they both kind of are reacting to the issue at the same in the same way, but in a very different... Like, his is very panicked and hers is very terrified. Um, and then it reminds you that Corey is a good brother and he cares about his sister and kind of says, like, I'm going to... I'm going to take the blame, like, I'm going to step up, it's my fault, like, and I'm never going to let this happen again, and you ends up spending his winnings to pay for the door to get fixed, but we also discover that Amy forgot where her and Alan got engaged, because she got engaged by somebody else prior to Alan. Yes, yeah, so they're, they're going to, uh, they each went to a different restaurant. Basically, was what happened. They went to a different restaurant, and then Amy seems just pretty pissed off at Alan. She's like, "How could you forget where you proposed to me?" Then eventually, she said, oh, "What what restaurant was it?" He mentions the name, but I I think it was Phil's Grill or something like that. Yeah, it, was some, it sounded like it was like a family restaurant, like not anywhere fancy. I was picturing Chubby's <laughs> in my head. Yeah, <laughs> like it was where Chubby's used to be. Exactly, before exactly. Chubby's. So uh, then, as soon as he mentioned it, just it clicks, and I was like, "Oh wait." Yeah, that that's where he proposed. Okay, let let's go. Let's carry on. And then Alan's like, "Well, what's what's going on? There's there's definitely something here." That seemed like a very a big uh oh. What's what's happening? And eventually, yeah, he finds out that some other guy proposed to her prior to being with Alan. I imagine. Yeah, the bumper kind of builds off of this, but I just feel like a the bumper doesn't really work, and b this was su- like this was the smallest B plot oh, I've yeah. seen in any episode so it's definitely not bumper worthy um, yeah it's like the entire point of it was just for that one joke that didn't really wasn't that funny yeah yeah it didn't land that well this episode actually was strictly okay i feel like it was lacking a lot of the things that make you think about boy meets world even in the first season like it didn't really feel like it came with a big feeny message it didn't really come with too much at all it 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 was one of those episodes where Corey actually gives the life lesson um, in class where he basically says, like, you know, it's it's sometimes it's worth taking a risk, but you have to f- think about what you're losing in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's really like what the whole episode is based around. But this one was just not I mean, season one is very hit or miss. And I, as much as I enjoyed elements of this, this was definitely more in the miss column for me this year, this time. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, I've been rewatching the later. Well, I've been rewatching whole series over the last year, slowly but surely. Uh, season one, I was pretty happy to get it over with. It's just forgettable. There's there's a, a couple episodes here and there, but yeah, yeah, but not enough to like necessitate multiple rewatchings. And I I'm not feeling bad that I occasionally skip season one and just go right to season two to start my rewatch. Usually. <laughs> Uh, so that's, I mean, that's really all there. Again, all these episodes that we do of the podcast are so short because really there's only about 19 minutes of content in these first season episodes and there's really not much going on in those either. Uh, so Mike, tell me a little bit about your experiences with Boy Meets World because really you're the first person not directly in the United States to ever be on this show. So I'm curious if you have a different like, was this also, did you guys also get like a TGIF or was this a very different channel experience for you? How did you discover the show? No, we still had TGIF as, as a kid. And even still now, we still have most of the American channels. I live in Montreal, so it's, 
we still have pretty much all of the American channels. So I would watch TGIF uh, on ABC Friday nights. Um, I remember, I, not that I wouldn't make plans on Friday night, but I would sort of be hesitant unless the plan was really something good. Because, you know, I, I want to be home and watch this with uh, well, it's usually me and my sister, sometimes me and my neighbors. We'd stay home. We'd watch, what, Family Matters, uh, Boy Meets World, Sabrina, and then Step by Step or Teen Genie, whatever that was called. Teen, but, so uh, you're combining two of them. There was Teen Witch, there was Teen yeah, Angel, and You that's Wish. That's it. That's it. That's it. <laughs> yeah, they were basically the same show, but I always thought Teen Angel was a little bit better than You Wish, the weird Genie I one. I haven't seen them since they aired, which was probably the late 90s or mid 90s <laughs> even. So Teen, just... Teen Angel comes up on this show a lot <laughs> for some reason. Uh, yeah. and, and I think it's just because it really was that, like, it was that one season wonder <laughs> on. It's memorable. But, but people remember it. And I think a big element of that show succeeding and or, or at least being so memorable was that it was created by um, Al, Al Jean and Mike Race, who were the cre- uh, two of the head writers on The Simpsons and the creators of The Critic. Oh, wow. Okay. So it had a very like a little bit more risque uh, sense of humor tied to it for, for TGIF. And just kind of all around ridiculous. Like I'm even looking here at some of like the the episodes, and like D. Snyder was in an episode. Melissa Joan Hart popped into an episode. Tim Carey was in an episode. Jerry oh, really? Van okay. Dyke, like, and they only ran for 17 episodes, but they pulled in some really strange guests in that time period. All right, well, good for them, I guess. I mean, maybe it's something. It's, it's do you know if it's available for streaming anywhere or? I have no clue. This is yeah. this is a show that I would love like Shout Factory to just throw on a DVD one day. It's it's 17 episodes. Pop it in there, get like two or three commentary tracks on it and call it a day. Like I would love it. <laughs> I check it out. So you watched it the so so the other big question I always have is in in watching it and in growing up with it like is there episodes or moments that are kind of forever ingrained in your memory with Boy Meets World or, or something that's the reason why you keep coming back time after time? I mean, the reason I keep coming back is just the nostalgia, I guess. It's just a, it's a good show from my youth. If it was on now, I don't know if I'd ever give it the chance, but it was on, it is on the perfect time. I mean, I, I'm 32 now. Uh, I was early teen, mid teen when the show was on the air. So, I mean, I was, I won't say I was growing up with them because they were always a little bit older than me, but uh, it was around the right time. To say if there's any episodes, um, for some reason the episodes that always stand out to me are the ones with uh, with Frankie's dad, with Vader. I grew up as a wrestling fan, uh, so seeing Vader there, it was just, it's just cool to see a wrestler on Boy Meets World or on a show that wasn't just Monday Night Raw. Yeah. Um, and then the uh, the the arc in season five with Lauren was always pretty interesting to me as well. I was always something like, okay, they, they're broken up. What's going to happen? I mean, looking back, it's obvious they're going to get back together. But it's still uh, it's still good TV though. Those five or six episodes. All right, yeah, and it's funny. Um, there's a, a friend of mine on Facebook who is a wrestling blogger who has insisted that they be on every episode that features Vader. Uh, (laughs) And it's crazy how many episodes feature Vader. Like, it's not like he was a one-and-done appearance. He pops up, like, one to two episodes every season that Frankie the Enforcer's around. Uh, So that was was definitely surreal. Uh, Well, 
that's all I've really got to say about this episode. Thank you so much, Mike, for for dealing with a ton of technical difficulties to get this episode recorded that the listeners don't need to know too much about. <laughs> Is there anything that you do on the side that you'd like to promote? That I'd like to promote? Not really. I don't really have much of an online presence that way. I post on Reddit sometimes, but uh, no, nothing I'd like to promote that I could think of. Okay. Uh, I do want to throw a quick thing out there because I literally just found out about it right as we were about to record. But uh, past guest of this show, Tommy Avalone, who uh, I forget what episode he was specifically on, but he had been talking about a documentary that he was working on when he was on the episode uh, called The Bill Murray Stories, Life Lessons Learned from a Mythic Man. Um, It has just been announced that his movie will be premiering at South by Southwest in just a few weeks. So if you happen to be in Austin, uh, I know that if you live in Austin, kind of South by Southwest has become like your least favorite week of the year. But uh, if if you're up for it, go check out his documentary. His film, I Am Santa Claus, is still one of the best documentaries I've ever seen. And I expect nothing uh, less than that for his Bill Murray stories documentary. The footage that he showed me when we were recording is incredible. So big shout out to you, Tommy. Thank you for uh, being on the show and congratulations on South by Uh, we'll be back in just another, I think another week. I I think that they did a a full month of February before they went to like once a month until the end of the year. So we'll be back soon with another episode. Thank you again, Mike. And that is all for playing with squirrels. Matthew's hunter consortium is our most profitable corporation. So gentlemen, Do you have any business tips for our other young entrepreneurs? Yeah. Some people bet on a jockey. I say, give me a horse that can run in the mud. (laughs) Oh, bravo. (laughs) Anything to add, Mr. Matthews? Yes. The greater the risk, the greater the potential profit. Just like you taught us, Mr. Feeney. Yes, but sometimes the glitter of the profit makes one lose sight of the risk. And you should never gamble anything that you can't afford to lose. I didn't teach you that. No, you didn't. I kind of managed to trip over that one myself. (laughs) 